How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another Mandalorian podcast, season three, episode three. I'm Cookie, and this is Cookie Speaks Words. That's Bohan. I think actually that's Bohan. We'll see how this comes out in the editing. But Bohan, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling? Sad. Sad? Well, I won't ask why, because it's only going to make you more sad, right? Well, do you really want to know? I mean, I said I didn't want to ask why, so do you want to tell me? Maybe it'll make me feel better. Will it make me feel better? All right, you know what? Fine, go ahead. If you think it's going to make you feel better. Why Why are you sad, Mr. Bohan? So, me and Big Chungus were hanging out earlier. This sounds like you've taken shrooms or something illegal to have this and experience, but go on. Me and Big Chungus, we were having a good time. And then Big Chungus was like, hey, you want to hear a joke? Mm. I was like, sure, Big Chungus. This is always how things go downhill with Big Chungus. And Big Chungus was like, all right, here's the joke. So he asked me, what do you say when you go to the doctor? I was like, I don't know, Big Chungus. And he said, what's up, doc? And I didn't think it was very (laughs) funny. And he thought it was hilarious. (laughs) And I was like, that's not very funny, Big Chungus. (laughs) So... Things took a turn. We went from having the best time of our lives to probably what is the worst time of our lives. Big Chungus proceeded to lift up his thickness and took a giant shit on my floor. And it wasn't just like little rabbit pellets. No, it was like giant, goopy, diarrhea pile of shit right on my floor. And this I just told happened. him to get out. And as he went to leave... He was walking, dropped his thickness on the poop. So the poop was being smeared under his thickness through my house, out the front door. And uh, there were some preschoolers walking around outside. He proceeded to take his poop and start flinging it at the preschoolers and got the cops called on him. And I think he's in jail. Probably best that he's in jail after all that. So, so that makes you sad because he's in jail or because he did all these things or both? I mean, we were just having a lot of fun. And then he had to tell a bad joke and ruin all of it. It's, it's all because of that bad joke. Um, Well, I'm sorry. I don't know how to com- how to have a simple segue into what we're talking about today from that. But I'm, I'm glad you shared that with the class. Um, You're welcome. I'm, I'm here for you, bro. We're all here for you, man. Let us know that you're here for Bohan in the comments <laughs> in the YouTube if you got this far into the video, which is literally like two minutes. So let's talk about The Mandalorian. Season three, episode three. Ow, fuck. How did you feel about the episode? I just jammed my knee into the into my desk. Bohan, tell me what you thought of the episode overall. Was it better? Because... I haven't been a fan of the first two episodes. You've been a little mid about them. Was this an improvement or still bad, still mid? Tell me. I don't I don't know what this episode was. I don't know what this episode was really supposed to be. Hmm. I don't know if I am completely missing something, but I don't understand why. 
I was kind of, I'm not going to lie, I was interested in the episode until I wasn't anymore, if that makes sense. And I guess, I guess I'll explain myself a little more. I just don't know why. Huh. This episode, I felt like, was alluding to something else and then completely just went in a different direction. And I was like, "Uh, uh, okay. So I don't know Um, if I'm missing something. Maybe you are. Because I actually really like this episode. I was, uh, this was a big move in the right direction for me. Um, this, the two plots that are going on, there was a lot of different plots that come out of this, a lot of different odd ways the story could go. And all of those are interesting to me. Now that Mando is finally a Mandalorian again, and I don't have to hear about him in these stupid waters anymore, the show's starting to look up for me, honestly, after this episode. <laughs> Um, I really like this. I, I thought it was a very, very interesting uh, thing they were doing. There was tons of lore in this episode, like mountain, like bucket loads of lore, most of which I found very interesting. And um, the action scenes were the best I've seen so far this season. This it, it doesn't really feel like the other Mandalorian seasons, but. This is the first time I've been interested. Like this is this is interesting to me. Whatever they're trying to do, I think uh, I think they're taking the right direction at the moment. So, yeah, this I thought this was a significant improvement um, to the point that I would say like this is the first time this season I've been excited to see more because uh, the first two episodes I'm like I don't care about what they're doing, but now I actually kind of care. So. Uh, Maybe maybe by the end of this we'll both think differently. I don't know. Maybe you'll maybe we'll convert each other to the other sides, but we'll see as we uh break this down, which we will, piece by piece. Um spoilers from here on out. Uh there were semi spoilers in what I just said, but very little. So if you haven't seen the episode, of course, you know, watch it come back. So let's jump on into the episode, starting where we left off in episode two. Mando and Bo-Katan are both chilling out next to the living waters. Uh, You know, Bo-Katan just saw the mythosaur and they have a short conversation about it. Mandalorian, honestly, in this moment, or I guess I should call him Din because there's too many Mandalorians just keep calling him the Mandalorian. Um, Din has his moment of like, all right, I'm back to being an interesting character. Because honestly, that's what it felt like as soon as he started talking to guys. Like, all right, now I'm Mandalorian. I can be interesting again. I, I just, that's how it felt for me. <laughs> it's not what he said, but you know, I kind of got that. But the interesting thing about this scene was I didn't realize that in the last episode, the only one that saw the mythosaur was Bo-Katan. Apparently, uh, Din didn't actually see it at all, as he confirms, unless he's lying, but I don't see why he would be lying. So Bo-Katan's the only one that sees it and doesn't decide to say anything to Din about seeing the mythosaur at all. Um, you could take that a lot of different ways as to why she would do that and not share that information with him. But I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any? I like. Th- there's a couple ideas I could have as to why she didn't, and she continues to not a- say anything about it the rest of the episode. Do you uh have any theories that come to mind about that? Or are you totally unsure why she why she even did that? I mean, I have a couple of ideas. This this part of the episode, I was. I was fine with because it's it's about like the Mandalorian as as the show is titled. Um 
So, yeah, I have a couple of different reasons. Maybe she took it as like, holy shit, because I, I, I'm guessing that these are supposed to be wiped out, like is what most Mandalorians well, think after. I actually just looked up the lore on this. Um, so apparently the Mythosaurs, yes, you're basically right. They were supposed to have been wiped out. They didn't think they were still around. But it so... appears that all the bombings have actually reawakened them from their deep kind of like a dormant volcano that came back to life more or less is kind of what i guess it is the idea of the lore here so the mythosaurs were supposed to be extinct so that's why bo-katan was even more astonished to see that probably because of all the bombings maybe it loosed them back upon mandalore okay that's cool i like that potentially um so by her seeing one of these i feel like she should it's almost like because this this is the symbol of you know of Mandalore, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. sacred. Yeah, it's very sacred, very special. And seeing one in the flesh again, I feel like would inspire her. Uh, well, maybe give her her like some hope for, you know, like wow, maybe maybe you know since these creatures are still here, then mandalore can still exist my people can still exist like it's it's like a beacon of hope like this has survived we can survive too despite all that we have been through we can keep pushing forward um as far as keeping it from din there's two things that i could think of one of them being she's still unsure of like if that was even real like she's just in disbelief and she's like no there's there's no way that i like i have to be on shrooms or something that wasn't real or um she doesn't want to prove din right that like maybe his particular clan of mandalorians that he hangs out with like the old ways that they're set in she doesn't want to like prove him right in a way or maybe she's on like her own religious journey of sorts and she just kind of wants to keep it to herself it may Uh, also be that I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but the, I, I, my thought was maybe she thinks that she's been chosen in a way because she saw the Mythosaur. And we know that Bo-Katan wants to rule Mandalore. She wants to be the one that leads the charge to get it back. Maybe this was her way of like reassuming herself because the Mythosaur chose her or maybe she sees it that way. She's like, I got That's to see the Mythosaur. I bet that this is my like. Like I um, saw it, didn't, didn't see it. Like maybe this is a sign. Yeah, maybe the mythosaur. I can still me. potentially right be like the 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 overseer or you know the the queen of Mandalore, whatever the title is. I'm not sure what yeah. their grand title is, but yeah, that that could definitely be a sign as well for her. Yeah, yeah, I th- that that was my best guess of how she's feeling in this episode and why she didn't tell Din, um, because Din is the threat to the throne for her. So she's still got this weird relationship with him, which I'm not sure how they're going to manage moving forward because they're obviously friends, partners at this point. But, you know, there's obviously that thing kind of hanging out there. Um, So then they uh, they head back to where she came from. I don't remember the name of the planet or where she'd been staying. And a shit ton of Thai interceptors show up. Um, And they have to evade them and i gotta say everything i didn't like about the uh little space dog fight in the first episode i 
didn't have any of those problems with this space dogfight. This was much cooler. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was creative. I thought it was nice and long. They took their time with it. They didn't rush through anything. It looked realistic. It just looked cool. Like they they didn't take any shortcuts. At least didn't feel like right. they did. Um, like like I thought they did in the first one. So this was a cool. Just just really cool. There was a lot of little little details that were neat. I mean, uh, Din jumping out of the plane and then landing, getting the M1 Starfighter, getting out of there just in time. And then he kind of does that thing. <clears throat> it's almost like what I've seen in uh, some shows where helicopters like turn off their blades and they kind of go dead for a second in order to get themselves like going in the right direction. Right, he kills the Although engines. with a helicopter, I don't think that's actually possible. But with the N1 Starfighter, it actually makes sense. Uh, so I thought that was creative. And then I thought what Bo-Katan does with her ship at the end where she kind of like changes the direction of her wings to kind of make her spin around and be able to shoot them. That was that was a neat touch. There was a lot of little neat touches in there. Um, so I really enjoyed this scene. I think it actually made the TIE Interceptors look smart, too. Like they weren't just a bunch of moronic, evil, like, you know, easy to kill troopers or anything, even though they do end up killing quite a bit of them. You know, there was... There's some work that had to be done there. And uh, also, I, st- I still like the anxiety droid, the R5 unit. I think he's, he's – I'm fine with him, and I want him to stay as long as possible. I can't get enough anxiety droids. We've had a couple in a row now with him and the one from Andor. So I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. Um, another cute moment with Baby Yoda, like, going under when it – when it knows shit's about to hit the fan and uh they ultimately decide to go somewhere that din says that they will be safe so well you forgot to mention about after they finish with the tie interceptors that some tie bombers roll in yeah that they blow the absolute fuck out of the castle yeah i didn't really i mean i get it because it means that bokatan has nowhere to go now it obviously gets rid of that i just don't know like they almost shot it in a way like this is so tragic. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it's important because Bo-Katan has nowhere to go, but it just felt like it was shot a little weird. Cause they were like, Oh no, how could this happen? It's like, as I don't have any attachment to this castle or I don't understand what Bo-Katan's even, I guess she's just living there by herself in complete depression. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it's like. She might as well have left there anyway. But I mean, I felt kind of bad for her because the way she talked, I mean, that that was her home. So, I guess. Uh, and but... all of her people have abandoned her except for, I mean, she has Din at the moment, but I don't know. I feel like that she's in a pretty rough spot. Well, I feel bad for her. I don't know about like, this is probably best for her though. She has some chance now if she doesn't have the home to go back to. So either way, um, that finishes that part of the story until way later in the episode. Most of this episode takes a big left turn, a big U-turn, unexpected. Because and I don't know why. Well, I have a lot of theories as to why. But this has been happening, and I'm not sure how, how I feel about it, with a couple of shows. We saw this in Book of Boba Fett when it was the Mandalorian that kind of took over the show. Um. Like, because it was like two episodes, Boba Fett's barely in it. And this one is like the Mandalorian is kind of barely in it or it doesn't have a lot to do with it because it shifts to Coruscant. Now, Coruscant 
I love. It's probably my favorite planet in Star Wars. Well, second favorite planet behind Bespin in Star Wars. I love Coruscant. So I'm always happy with seeing it again. I think it was interesting to see what Coruscant looks like now <laughs> because we've never seen it in live action in the New Republic, like post uh, Return of the Jedi. We've never seen it. And it's interesting to see how it differs from like the Imperial Coruscant and Andor. And then, of course, the Republic Coruscant from the prequels. You know, there's like little subtle differences um, with the way that it's presented, which I think is pretty cool and kind of interesting. But basically, it starts out, and I think the same, I think it's the same exact building where uh, Palpatine has his iconic conversation with Anakin about Darth Plagueis the Wise. I'm pretty sure it's at the exact same building. And in this building, we see that scientist who was in season one of The Mandalorian. I don't know if I think he was probably in season two as well. It was definitely in season one. I think Pershing was his name. And he has become a convert uh, to the New Republic as uh, one of the Imperial officers that have been detained. And he's part of the amnesty program to kind of reintegrate them into society, more or less, uh, from their Imperial captors, as it's put. I thought this entire idea is very interesting. It's I know that this stuff has happened in the real world. I know it happened with Nazi Germany. Uh, some of them started working with America after they were out of the Nazi situation. But I, yeah, I, I, I did think this was a very interesting idea that 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 the New Republic would do this because we don't ha- know anything about this New Republic. Very, very little. I mean the sequels do very little justice to show what the new republic even is uh it seems like it barely exists they don't talk about it at all they really don't build any lore for us to have some firm footing in the sequels one of the many problems with the sequels so i kind of invite this to some extent if we're stuck with the sequels which i assume we are forever <laughs> i'd much rather them just delete them entirely but since we're stuck with them I'd rather them at least try to explain what the fuck we watched in the sequels and try to give some background for it. That's what this, I think, is. Um, Even if it's just showing what the New Republic is, how the First Order even comes to be, why the First Order would come to be, it's it's a weird thing that Disney appears to be trying to do. But that, that is what I think this entire part is about. And I think it will be applicable to The Mandalorian as well and what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found it interesting just to see what the new Republic is and partially why it didn't work out and why the first order and the resistance ended up becoming what they become. Uh, and I think we get a pretty good idea of that because the new Republic just basically seems kind of, I don't want to say lame, just kind of like weak, um, like weak rules, weak understanding of how to like take control of a situation. Like they seem shittier than the original Republic, but the original Republic had structure and stuff. This just seems loose and odd and badly put together and a system that just will not work in, in another way to put it. Um, like it, it won't last <clears throat> uh, is, is what they're trying to do. And I, I kind of thought it kind of worked if, uh, if you know what I mean. But anyway, um, do you have any thoughts on the New Republic, what what they look like in this episode? So the only thing that I, I thought was interesting about, like, yeah, it's cool seeing, you know, the New Republic, but 
and I get what they were trying to do by showing that like their methods of reintegration sometimes weren't always very humane, which, right. you know, could definitely be said about the empire as well. So it's almost as if they're two sides of the same coin. Like, is one really better than the other? Is one really worse than the other? I get what they were trying to display there, and that's fine. But I I don't know. Maybe I'm just disappointed because I thought this episode was going to go in another direction, which would have had my interest. But it went in a completely other direction that I was like, why? What, what was this? Okay. Um, But as we continue to break it down, I, I'll try to explain myself i very possibly could have missed something okay let's see let's see what we can find out um so he makes this speech basically about how the cloning technology that he was working with really could be helpful and he was forced to use it for the empire he'd like to use it for the new republic um and ultimately one of the points of this episode and something we see time and time again is that he's being restricted at every turn i think the new republic in some ways shows a more modern version of even just real countries like it's it's very bureaucratic it's very robotic it doesn't have a lot of life to it in other words um literally robotic in a lot of ways in this in this episode as we see with his little interviews that he has to do literally with a droid who just says you know basic boring questions about his reintegration into society almost like a parole board for uh <laughs> for for these guys from the empire except they're not really in prison although in some ways you could say that they are because their freedoms are pretty limited he can't do everything he wants to do he's at a very boring job um and then they show the amnesty housing and how it looks relatively nice i mean pretty good i mean it looks like the place he's staying in looked pretty decent didn't look like they were staying like ramshackle houses or on the streets or anything it was pretty decent housing um but depending on how you look at it, you could look at it as a, as a, a luxury prison um which maybe they looked at it that way um but obviously the new republic is trying to integrate the imperials into society but in their own way and not really giving them much in the way of freedom which is obviously what they're trying to show in this episode is pershing how much that's bothering him because uh, he keeps trying to say, like, hey, this could be great stuff. And they're like, no, we're not fucking with anything Imperial. So just, you know, just do your stuff. Don't, don't you know, get rid of these thoughts. Don't don't play this game. Well, so, so go ahead. whenever he first gets to the, uh, um, <laughs> I guess, the housing, and yeah, there's housing. these other, yeah, the these other fellow you know imperials are hanging out at like a picnic table or whatever and he sits down and talks with them and stuff like that and he gets asked like if he misses anything and i was like that's an interesting question and he's like at first he's like oh no like no and they're like <laughs> silly how about like how about before everything and uh, somebody brings up something that they miss, and uh, he's like, "I miss the, uh, uh, what is it? The the biscuits, the, the yellow ones." Biscuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they have a discussion about that, and the the one chick that he's with is like, "Oh yeah, I like the red ones," and I, I thought this was a very interesting but strange conversation. Like, 
it was and, and I, that's that's the point of it it's supposed to be like awkward i i get that but mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm just kind of bummed that this didn't continue i guess well i mean he's more or less like they're trying to show the humaneness of imperials which i've seen that more and more in the disney star wars shows and it's one of the things i like about disney star wars is it's been showing a little bit more humanism behind like why the empire would do something like this and i I think that's actually kind of cool that they keep doing that and showing that these guys were just kind of following orders but in the end really didn't like what they were doing and ultimately glad that it turned out this way. Although not entirely but because the is one it, is a lie. Is it that Kane. they didn't like what they were doing? Because I mean, some of them, like Maybe she said, like she said, she didn't really have much of a choice. She says this later in the episode, but she didn't really have much other choice than joining the empire. So that's kind of all yeah. she knew. And if that's all, you know, is it wrong? Well, that's what it was for her. And I think for her name's Elia Kane. And her character is she was in I don't know which season, but she's a communications officer for Moff Gideon. She's she talks about that a little bit. And it's pretty clear from the very beginning she's up to something. But it's very hard to figure out exactly what that is that she might be up to. Right. That's what everybody's kind of more or less trying to figure out or what I think the audience is trying to figure out throughout this episode is what exactly are her intentions because she's clearly up to something. And even by the end of the episode, you're not entirely positive, but there's a lot of different ways that it could go. And I like the fact that it took a route that I wasn't exactly expecting because they obviously want you to think something's up with her. They don't want you to think like, that she's really just trying to help him out because she starts telling him all this stuff about, you know, that you should pursue this research, you know, just because it's against the rules doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. You're doing it for the new Republic. It's for the better good. She keeps giving him all these reasons to uh, want to pursue it. I thought it was interesting that they're, they're like kind of hanging out on the street and everything. And they show the peak of Ume, I think is what they called it. That mountain. That's apparently the only part of Coruscant that you can actually see which I thought was just interesting lore. There's, there's a lot of interesting lore in this show peppered peppered throughout this episode. Yeah, they throw I just some like, horse cool. on background. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, And I do think there's some significance to him touching the rock in some way just to kind of ground himself, even though it was illegal, but also to show the significance of like, hey, you can touch it and the whole world doesn't explode. You know, they'll just yell at you, more or less. It's almost like what she's trying to show because sometimes if you want someone to do a big crime it's good to start them off with a little crime like a little like see you can do it it's possible and you don't die you know it's almost like she's trying to lead him into you know doing something worse like yeah but i just i don't i don't get why though well we'll get to that i i think i know why i have a couple theories but i have one that seems the most obvious he he goes the pro robot has all that stuff and uh, then he he asks the parole robot if if uh, if he could do any of this research, and of course the droid response of like, no, you can't. And then he, I believe, doesn't he go to a person and ask them about it? Or no, he in in his job, I think. Well, the job is the job's a little different because, and this I thought was interesting because his job whenever you're looking at like this work area that they're in, 
it's almost kind of similar to the job like the cubicle style that uh what's his face was working in an andor i thought there was i was like that's that's really odd because like (laughs) and it kind of shows similar it kind of shows that you know that was under the order of the empire and it's not really much different being under the order of the new republic i i thought yeah i was like okay i see what they're doing here like there was a lot of that in this episode and that's once again that's fine i just don't know if i cared about this doctor uh but anyways he brings up that a lot of this stuff is like old imperial data from you know their time of being dominant over the galaxy and that a lot of it is still useful and the guy's Mm -hmm. like no 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 like don't don't be doing that you got to destroy all of it um yeah. everything well, that is imperial must be destroyed can't be having that uh if you want to maybe challenge that you can put in a request code for this but i've never seen anybody successfully be able to do it and that's that's about it he just he's just like drop the subject and just you know continue what you're doing i think the new republic more or less is the most obvious thing they want you to feel in this episode towards the new republic is ignorance they're a very ignorant uh, political system at this point because like all these really useful, he's right. There's all this imperial technology. It's really useful. Like, I don't want to think about the war. Let's pretend it never happened. It kind of reminds me of that episode of Avatar Last Airbender. I don't know if you ever saw this or not, um, but that one city that was based. Did you watch Avatar Last Airbender? No. I don't remember. No, there's this one city who literally makes it illegal to talk about the war that's ongoing around them like if you start talking about the war they'll take you away and brainwash you to not think about the war again more or less it's pretty dark actually but point is like that's kind of what this society is they almost want to pretend the war never happened because not only are they deleting the imperial records they're getting rid of the alliance fleet the rebels fleet like he says that too he's like oh wait till we have to get rid of all of our stuff basically so like they're just trying to almost pretend like it never happened and everybody's playing the ignorance card uh it was pretty clear with the guys that he was talking to and that after he gave his speech that they're all very ignorant afterwards yeah yeah they're all just very very ignorant of the situation they were basically talking like i was ignorant then like i don't know anybody (laughs) rebels empire it's like (laughs) i can't tell the really out that yeah that guy is also kind of ironic in this episode yeah and I think what they're trying to show is like the New Republic's going with this ignorant point of view and hoping that that leads to something good, which it never does. And that's, you know, he he's confronted with that time and time again of all this ignorance and the ignorance is bliss kind of kind of ideal. Um, But he gets tired of it. I thought he asked somebody specifically. This is what I'm not remembering. There was final. There was some point where he's got to his last straw. Maybe it was the droid that he asked if he could do it. But I thought he asked somebody else. It was else. the droid during one of those was it uh, the droid? evaluations. Okay. Yeah, because he he answers all the typical questions and he starts to hesitate uh, mm-hmm. towards the last question, which is like, do you feel any sort of uh, like hatred or disdain towards the New Republic? And he really hesitates there, and. The droid is like, I'm sorry, you must not have heard me. And then it repeats the mm-hmm. question again. And uh, he, you know, you could tell that he's lying at this point, that yeah, he's being very untruthful. But he almost tries to cover up the fact that 
like he during this episode he's really fighting the urge to like he wants to be new republic he, he you could tell that he's he's battling with himself new republic but i had so much research my life was dedicated with the empire and they let me do what i wanted to do to where with the new republic i can't do what i want to do i can't do what i was doing i put so much work in with the empire and i can't do that now i can't finish it so he continues to ask the droid um if what i do benefits the new republic then that's all that matters right and the droid's like yeah sure and he's like all right and that that kind of gives him like the the, green the push that he needs that maybe it isn't such a bad idea to continue my research mm-hmm. and uh he'll ultimately tells Alaya Kane, yes, I do want to try to get that lab. And uh, she also gets some Imperial biscuits, which is nice. <laughs> um, so anyway, he, they go off to this Imperial scrapyard and uh, they, you can kind of tell security is not a really big deal right now, or at least it doesn't look like it is, but at least the way that it all kind of comes together, she's able to relatively easily access the Imperial scrapyard until the very end where it starts to get kind of complicated because they have to jump from a train and land on these uh, nice cushions, um, which she does successfully. I thought this whole scene was a little awkward and a little strange, but I think it kind of is supposed to be because I, I kind of found Aliyah Kane's character to be kind of odd during this because she's, it almost works because she really is acting. Like it looked like she was overacting a lot in this episode, but that's what she's doing in the show. So it kind of works, you know, um, cause, cause it felt so fake, but it is fake. <laughs> it's like, that's what's kind of ironic about her character as an right. actor acting. Uh, I thought that kind of does end up working when you see how it goes at the very end. So they access the Imperial scrapyard, uh, and they go to this one big Imperial, uh, star cruiser, and or starship i'm not really sure and they find the lab and he finds all the stuff that he's looking for and he kind of puts it all in a case it's a couple different things you could think about this scene first off knowing where this ends you could think that she's watching him to know what is actually needed for an imperial lab because it's clear by the end of the episode she doesn't want to do it with him but she probably does want to know what's needed so she probably watched him very carefully see whatever he took from that lab and uh then they start to now he says something to her and this is really interesting and potentially very very important he says to her hey um you know or he tells her where he came from where'd you come from or how did you get into all this and she walks into the shadows for a second she's like i didn't have a choice or something which uh a lot of things could come out of that so this could have like a deep explanation as to what her background really is, or it could just be a simple one where it's kind of like you were alluding to earlier. She really didn't have any, just didn't have a choice. Um, and she only knows being Imperial. She only knows the empire. Uh, so she doesn't know how to move on. It could be that um, my brother even said something about, I wonder if she's a clone. I don't know if that would make sense. But that was an interesting thought. I, I don't know, like the like a girl version of the clones. Maybe uh, I don't know if that's possible. 
I mean, oh. there's Omega. <laughs> there's Omega. I'm just saying, like, I know that there's talking, like, if if the Bad Batch and that would link in some way where the Bad Batch has, oh, I can't talk. Bad Batch is right now. I don't know. All that to say, it definitely intrigues me what her background is, and ultimately they start to, uh, they see like they hear noises and stuff and realize that they have to run away. As they're running away, <clears throat> they get caught by the police of the New Republic, and the New Republic arrest them. And it's obvious now that Aliyah Kane was with the New Republic on this and takes the stuff away from him. And uh, Gershing gets arrested. Now, <clears throat> is this the part where you got confused? Or are you talking about the very end with the um, live flare? So it was it was right here i started to like i was like all right this isn't where i thought this was going and then i was even more like what at the the mind flare so let's so what happens at the mind flare is that there's a couple interesting moments in this first off the mind flare is a little wild uh first off really uncreative name uh mind flare has been used in like multiple different stories <laughs> just like feels like they could have come up with something better i don't know if they came up with it first or something and how deep into star wars lore that is but i, I, I don't know i just think that could have been called something else anyway the point is uh they use the mind flare they start turning it up to like one or two which is like a low frequency that gets rid of like mm-hmm some bad memories uh kind of reminds me of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind had something like that i think blade runner has something like that too but uh the imperials would use it like up to 10 and basically drain a person's mind some dark shit <laughs> some fucking and i also so i did like with the scene how eerie this was because you yeah. had the one guy who was who was kind of like running the show here. He was the like, Mon oh, Calamari it'll, guy. It'll, it'll be great. I had it done to me. It's fantastic. I no longer have those bad thoughts of, you know, that nasty empire stuff. He's like, you'll feel mm-hmm. so relieved after this is over and I'll be right here when we're done. Like, it was just so eerie. And I mean, I liked that. I was fine with that. But I just didn't understand why we are doing this. Like, no. why is it happening to the doctor or the scientist? Well, do you mean as in why is the Mon Calamari guy doing it, or why does Elia Kane do what why she does? Why does Elia Kane do what she does? There's a couple different reasons I think that she does what she does. First off, I'm assuming, well, let's say what she does, because first off, she tells him, like, hey, I'd like to stay with him. Would you mind if I have some time here to just make sure he's okay when it's all over and stuff? He's still my friend. friends. Yeah. And then he leaves and then she cranks it all the way up to 10. So it totally drains his memory of everything. Um, <clears throat> the most obvious thing would be that she still works with Moff Gideon, or even if she doesn't work with Moff Gideon, she works with somebody in the empire and doesn't want any chance of the new Republic getting the knowledge of how to do the cloning. Like they knew he was a threat because he knew how to do whatever it was that they're trying to do. Now, who they is, is a bit of a mystery, because Moff Gideon may or may not be out there. He may or may not be in jail, because they even talk about that in this episode. He's he's a mysterious figure right now that no one seems to know where he is. Right, they don't where know he's being his held. whereabouts at all. Yeah, so it could be Moff Gideon. It could be somebody else, another Imperial warlord. It could be Palpatine. <laughs> I mean, it could be Snoke. It could be some combination of the two, because I don't really know what either one of them is. 
there's a lot of different ideas of who this could be that's technically pulling the strings here. Um, but Elijah Kane seems to be working for somebody who wants that uh, out of there. It could be Elijah Kane herself. She could just want, doesn't want the New Republic to get the information that he has. So what she did was she convinced him to do all of this stuff so that he would end up where he ended up with a mind flare and completely drain his mind. Now, she could have just killed him. It's technically, I think that might be easier, but it might be a lot harder to do. This she can do, and everybody knows she did it, and although they won't know necessarily that she wiped his whole memory, that part might be more like, well, why don't you just shoot him if you're going to break the law anyway? You know what I mean? You could put right. it that way, and maybe, but maybe this is a cleaner way to do it and an easier way. But uh, she definitely doesn't want him to know about what they were working on. And obviously he does know because he was one of the chief scientists on it. And obviously they don't need him anymore, apparently. Uh, because if they did, I would assume they wouldn't have drained his entire memory. So they must have either found somebody else who knows how to do it or they did see, enough that's, that see, they that's, don't need that's what anymore. I didn't, that's what I didn't quite get. I was like, this guy has a lot of knowledge and has been working with like genetic manipulation throughout the entire time that he was in the empire he has a lot of knowledge why well, there's another you, possibility why are you eliminating him like what i don't know why? exactly how the mind flayer works either are they trying to just get rid of certain thoughts are they trying to get i know that the new republic only wanted to get rid of certain thoughts and not all the thoughts but then she wanted to get rid of all the thoughts. I don't know if that makes him a vegetable. I'm imagining or that if he's going to be a him... vegetable. That was my assumption is he's a vegetable. I don't know if they clear his mind of anything that would have gotten in the way. I don't know if that's how that works. I'm My my assumption was that they just wanted to turn him into a vegetable. Now there's another situation. There is a chance that Elijah Kane did this for a totally different reason in which she thought that he's very dangerous. And she thinks this cloning shit is really dangerous. And she doesn't want it out there. That's possible. The only problem with that is it doesn't lead anywhere. Like that doesn't lead that's, to anything more interesting. It's just over. That's you know. Yeah, that's that's kind of what that's I was why thinking. I, I was like, doubt okay. that that's what it is. I I, I, was I like, would okay, assume so, there's something else. Yeah, that's kind of more along the thought process that I had. I was like, all right, we just spent this. Was, this is a longer episode of the Mandalorian too. It was, and I was like, we just spent like forty minutes with this doctor, and for it to just kill him off in the end like what what the fuck was that like that it, mm -hmm. to me it was like a huge waste of time because it's it's at a dead end now that at least that's how i was perceiving it if i was like so they is, did but... all of that and it's going nowhere now because i thought it was gonna go somewhere and i thought that like these two were going to I thought he was going to start getting back into his like actually successfully get this material and be able to take it back and smuggle it in and start working on his like genetic experimentations and cloning and whatnot because in I can't remember if it was season one or season two, but we get to see the lab that he's working in and there's these like stasis tanks that have these very malformed looking snoke creatures in them. And it obviously looks unfinished. And I think it's been a while since I've seen these, but it seemed like the work is still unfinished. Yeah. And he still needs to continue it. So I thought that this was going to help bridge how we got like Snoke and how we got 
Palpatine back in the oh, sequels. Oh, I think it still is. Because I he definitely can, think he that's where they're going with this. Continued his genetic like research. I thought he was going to like be doing it in secret, and as he was doing it, then you know, other people were going to take notice and be like, "Oh, so he's getting to do what he wants to do," and you know, that's that was with the Empire. So maybe we could like start to see like the birth a little bit of the First Order with these, um, oh, these what are they calling them rehabilitating imperials amnesty yeah, yeah, I, thought yeah. We, I thought there was going to be a little bit of a spark here and this is how like the first order came to be and that you know i, I oh, think maybe, it still maybe is things, maybe things aren't so bad because he can do what he wants to do and also he starts to find more findings with his research here and starts to help us like understand like okay so this is the origin of snoke because his research got to progress from here. I I wasn't expecting her to set him up and then just kill him. I was like, all right. So that was well, all for nothing. No, I think they're still doing that. I, I totally think that's where this is still going. I think that she saw him as more of a threat because he really did want to help the new Republic. He really did want to do this for the other side. And I think she, she kind of got that revealed that he really has this aching to go after this. And in time, he may actually get the okay to do it, you know? And I think that that's what she was more worried about. Now, why? We don't know yet. We don't know exactly where she's coming from, but we definitely know that she didn't want him to know about it anymore. Like, he became a problem more than a help. So they obviously don't need him anymore. Uh, for the cloning or whatever he's already done has been enough or they've decided that he's more of a problem than a good thing at this point maybe they have other scientists maybe she's smart enough to do it i don't know like they don't really go into that part of it but i definitely don't think that this is going nowhere like i don't think they just kill it right i there. really hope not i really unless hope that unless that wasn't just completely unless this is the way away. that they kill the sequels like drain our memory Pretend it never happened. Wow, that <laughs> they would put be, all of us in the mind flare. They mind flay us. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be interesting. I would be okay that with the sequels be. not existing at all. Uh, it's just they want I, all of us to be like Pershing and just mind flay the sequels yeah. out of existence. Honestly, that yeah. If 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 they came out like today and they were like, hey, so the last episode that recently aired of the Mandalorian, that uh completely erases episodes seven eight and nine because we killed off the scientist guy that was doing the research mm -hmm. so they're no longer canon yeah kind of like it would almost be like, what if she's going back in time and she used All time right. travel to go back no. and then wipe his mind because no, then it's I'm the same as terminator this. because they go back in time and try to kill the guy that started skynet i'm tired of time travel shit that's no. that's what's happening here she's a time traveler oh, Elijah kane is a time traveler who's like, lazy. boy, these sequels suck. Let's go back in time Ugh. and kill the scientist guy. <laughs> the, the sequels are gone. They disappear into thin air. I guess, but I'm I'm so tired of time travel shit. Time travel is pretty fucking boring so lazy. Um, so that's but one. I don't know. Maybe maybe something will happen later in the season. And I'll be like, okay, it all makes sense now. But it, it was just it was so weird to me because I was I like, think why is going somewhere? Why did we spend so much time? Like, I didn't care about the doctor to begin with or the scientist to begin with. Why are we spending so long with this? And then at the end of the episode, we're just killing him off. 
but maybe in time that will be revealed. But as of right now, I think so. Um, I I just it was weird to me. I think that's going somewhere. Now, I guess if it goes nowhere, then I'd probably agree with you. I'd be like, why the fuck did we this happen? But I'm pretty sure there's something coming here. But we'll just have to see. But I thought it was, and it re- also revealed a lot of lore, which I I thought was cool. It yeah, was cool I was to cool see with like the, the little, Republic and stuff. Little tidbits of like Coruscant lore and stuff like that. I just this is one thing I really are we missed following this doctor from for all this. This is one thing I really missed from the sequels is I I wanted to know like how the fuck did we get here? Or all of a sudden we have a first order and all this stuff. Like, kind of wish there would have been a little bit more lore uh, to the sequels that they're finally filling in now. To give the sequels a little bit of something, uh, I don't know. It's quite it's quite a mission if they're just trying to make the sequels look good. I'm, I'm very curious how they pull that off if they do. Um, the last thing that we see in this episode is that we go back to that planet that I don't remember what it's called, but it's where the Mandalorians all kind of hang out at, in the and, same uh, spot where the giant alligator monster attacked. Them. Yep, still there with the giant. I mean, I guess that's dead for now. I guess too, maybe there'll <laughs> be says another. That was one. the only one. I know there's probably another one, so we'll see it the next time. There's a baptism. It would have been funny too if they showed up there and at the pond there's another fucking gator like eating <laughs> six Mandalorians <laughs> or some shit. Like they did another baptism and there's another monster now that pops out. That would have been it's great. Got to be a monster. It's always a monster. Um, so they show up there and Bo-Katan and I noticed this beforehand. I'm like, she still has never taken her helmet off. She's she hasn't. And I and I realized this even before this, Sam. Like she's never taken her helmet off. She's technically mm-hmm. Mandalorian right now, too. Yep. And Din tells her like, "Hey, keep the helmet on. It'll make things easier here uh, <laughs> if you keep it on." And they eventually go in there with the what they call her the the armor, not the crest, the armor. That's what it is. They go in there with her. Uh, Din shows her the the water. She tests it, finds out like, well, shit, <laughs> the water is good. And because uh, I was I forgot that it made that little like like right. fluorescent look because I was thinking, like, how the fuck is that going to prove anything? He's like, oh, look, water. And then she just sends Din back. She's like, I don't fucking care what this is. <laughs> he could have gone outside and taken the water and taken it back. And she's like, oh, my God. But, yeah, it actually does something different than most water. She. um. So she says, Din, you're a Mandalorian again, and points out that Bo-Katan also is, because I think she asks her, have you taken your helmet off since you were in the, the waters? And she said no and everything. And I was thinking when, when Bo-Katan said what her name was, I'm like, I guarantee the armor knows who Bo-Katan is. Like, because Bo-Katan was very famous in the Clone Wars and stuff. Like, she's a known person, I would imagine. And she did know who she was. Yeah. I find it interesting she doesn't hold that against her at all now, because religiously, she's pure. And that's really interesting because I was thinking like Bo-Katan is not going to get along with these people at all because they're going to hate her. She's going to be like an enemy of theirs. But then I was like, but that's right. But she did bathe in the water. She hasn't taken her helmet off yet. And Bo-Katan even doesn't really try to make it that easy because she's like, I don't believe in the way. She basically straight up tells him that. But you're as of right now, you're one of us and you're more than welcome to leave anytime. Like, they were pretty chill about it. Yes, I didn't. And uh, Bo-Katan doesn't like, she takes this opportunity though. She's like, oh, you guys are all with me right. now. Maybe I could use this. I don't think for a second. Well, 
and and again this comes back to what we thought of the mythosaur because she obviously looks at the mythosaur symbol in the armorer it makes you wonder which way is she thinking here is does does she feel religiously changed yeah is she thinking the old ways or is she just wanting this as an opportunity to take try to take over yeah yeah, like where where is Bo-Katan's mindset at? Which makes her a very interesting character because she could go either way. She could become like the main antagonist of this or one of the protagonists. Kind of go both ways on this because she's got a differing way of thinking. And if and if I'm right and she has almost a Jesus complex about this and thinks I'm the chosen one now, right. that may be a totally different way that she's now approaching it. She's like, oh, this worked out too wow everything's working out for me maybe i am the chosen like yeah. it's reinforcing that if that's what's going on so there's a lot of different options not only there, that, which i just, find really interesting just by how accepting they were of her too like how quickly it, you could look at that two different ways she could just be like oh like they've accepted me and they they look at me as like you know as a a head figure i i've bathed in the waters like none of them have bathed in the waters except for din so more of like a a prophet kind of feel or because they're so welcoming that she kind of feels like she has a family again it could be it could be either way yeah so i like how they leave that a little up in the air like i said they left the other stuff up in the air too so leaves leaves you with a lot to talk about this is about mandalorians like (laughs) the one thing about that is though that the whole thing with him the scientist i don't know if any of that's going to apply to the mandalorian storyline or not but i partially i don't really mind it that much in the way that it like also tells an interesting story that i figure will have some purpose in the mandalorian story too if it has some purpose and the purpose is sensible and not just something bullshit then mm-hmm. yes i that that will make this episode look better if Plus, this is if this is it then oh, okay why Plus, the book of boba fett when they had the mandalorian show up it basically was just more episodes of the mandalorian it had no, it didn't do anything for boba fett's story other than the mandalorians here uh the stuff with grogu didn't matter to boba fett other than i guess grogu's here you know it's kind of like this is, this is a real stretch to say that this That's what I'm applies. worried about, though. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, it could be. Because they already kind of did this nonsensical stuff that is just like, okay, like, did you just not have enough story to tell about Boba Fett, so you're throwing all this shit in here? I like, think that is true of what happened in Boba Fett. I don't know if that's what's happening with Mandalorian or not, but I was perfectly fine with this, but you're right. If this, if this is by itself, yeah, that could be a big big problem but i don't think it's going to be i'm sure we're going to hear more about what they're doing here uh because otherwise it doesn't make any sense so i assume we'll see more about it later so well i will be happy to say that i i was wrong about this if it does go somewhere because i I hope that it does but this uh this episode gave me a lot of hope honestly uh because i'm like okay this is getting interesting i'm seeing a little bit of something i care about now that din's baptized and I don't have to hear about him like constantly. <laughs> I just thought that was so boring. Saying I need to bathe in the, the water. I need to bathe. I need to bathe. I'm like, oh my God. He only did it for two episodes and I was <laughs> fucking sick of it. Uh, and this seemed to be much more better paced 
I really didn't like the pacing of the last episode and the pacing of the episode before that I thought was yeah, terrible. Yeah, the pacing of this was really good. I, it, this was much it was better episode. I thought. It wasn't chopped up as much. Yeah, yeah, I can agree there. Yeah, it took its time. Um, and I thought it felt right and felt interesting and I was intrigued throughout. So never bored. So I wasn't bored. Kind of... I was just disappointed at the end because I was left wondering why. Yeah. Like I, I, And the main reason, I, I, I guess let me justify this a little bit. I, I'm just really scared that it's not going to go anywhere. I'm hoping that I it mean, does, but I with with the way things are written anymore, you never know. It could go absolutely nowhere. I, I guess I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that this will have a purpose. Because if it doesn't, then yeah, it would be totally off. But I guess I feel that way about the whole thing. Like if Bo-Katan seeing the Mythosaur doesn't go anywhere, then yeah, then that whole thing is stupid too, I guess. But Star Wars, they've done it. That wouldn't be the first time that they've had a plot go absolutely nowhere. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this podcast. Do we have a comment for all the wonderful YouTubians that got this far into the pod to prove their awesomeness? I did say something earlier about you and your Big Chunga story. But uh, I don't know. Do you have something? Um, get big chungus out of prison. Get big chungus out of prison. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag, get big chungus out of prison. All right, throw that in the comments if you made it this far. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you, and please leave us a review on either one, five stars. We'd appreciate it. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. And if you're interested in any of those things, it's Cookie Speaks Words on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and also Cookie Speaks Words on YouTube. And if you want to watch me do random shit in video games, Cookie Plays Games live on Twitch. That's all my little ads. So, uh, yeah. Until next time, everybody. Until next time. <laughs> oh, I want you so bad.